I don't know how it works in the other realm, but over here, you go to a furniture store, you have a look, find out what colour you want, t- test the seats out, you sit down, you find out if it's comfy, if it's for you, if there's lumbar support, you know, you do the whole nine yards, and then you pick a sofa, yeah? But what I'm saying is, is that when you go and test furniture to find the right suite for you, surely they should have figured out that it was talking furniture. There must have been a label <laughs> or something. Oh, this furniture talks. <laughs> you, know, you know, you get labels of Just 100% go, cotton. Machine washable. Yeah, uh, fire retardant. Uh, all sorts of things. It'd be awful if you fell out with yourself. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> You're just about to sit down. It just keeps going, whoop, keeps moving backwards. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three polyphonic and pitch-perfect pals review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. My name is Phil, I'm your guide and your host in this magical journey, but hark! I am not alone as I'm joined by two of my bestest friends. Normally we say to the left and to the right, however, we've got a new microphone, we've got two now, so, first of all, the man to my right, but still in front of me, is Mr. Graham Riley. Hello, Graham. Hi, Phil. Uh, yes, uh, we now have two microphones. Obviously, when we started this, you know, we were just we were just three ordinary lads from Warrington with a with a dream, basically, with a microphone, a television, and a dream. With success comes comes financial rewards um, and also some ego, basically. One couch can no longer contain three massive egos such as ours, and so the necessary step has been made for us to uh, record in separate microphones. A bit like the Beatles, near the, yes, near the end. Yes. So um, maybe by the by season three we'll be doing it in different rooms, yeah. season four different houses. No, it's, it's, um, it's not like it was in Hamburg anymore, is it, Phil? <laughs> no, it's not. So uh, maybe in the future we'll be just doing it over Skype and we're all bitter. But until then, we're all the bestest friends. And another one of them is Mr. Chris Evans, who is to my left and still still slightly in front. Hello, Chris. Hi, I've just realised we're, we're in the wrong places. Uh, I'm meant to be on his, on his right, not his left. Oh, God, yeah, oh. we haven't sort of thought oh, this through, God. have we? Oh, no, no. It just feels um, completely how, wrong. Yeah, the, the, oh, no, the, the dynamic would be completely wrong. I know. Mm. Uh, oh. So, uh, yeah. Um, Shall we switch, man? Uh, we, I'd feel more comfortable. Yeah, yeah, I know as an artist, yeah. it's important to, you know, to have very, everything so you just right. We, so we're, we're, oh, that's so some live, bear, bear live with swapping. Yeah. Bear bear okay. With okay. 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 Wait, wait. Put, we've got we've got earpieces now as well. Putting those back in. Great putting it obviously in the wrong ear. Fuck, Jesus! This is how it's thrown us. What is going on? Still putting it in the wrong ear. The podcast is falling apart, Phil. I hope you're happy. There we go. Oh. Seats warm, thanks, Ben. Yeah. There we go, and, and it's not just the microphones that are new. The the new sort of location. I've uh, yeah. you may have seen on on Twitter again just... with the proceeds from the success of season one. You know, he's cashed in all those retweets and uh, bought himself a house. So. Oh, yeah, bought yeah. himself a house. And uh, as you can tell, Phil gets all profits. Me and Graham still we, we still yeah. have to go to him. It's one of those. Yeah, exactly. he doesn't even pay for the petrol. It's like yeah, it's like Paramore, and he's uh, he's Haley Williams. <laughs> Contract's actually in his name, and uh, we're, we're just yeah. Um, no, we are the Paramore of podcasting. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so we go. So it feels very different. We're we're 
looking at each other while we're talking, opposed to awkwardly to the side, sweating in our confined space of three uh, three big egos on one couch. Well, but I was going to say, it doesn't take much to make you sweat then, does it? Absolutely not, mate. No, just... It's, uh, and I've said before, possibly not on this podcast, but on, on other ones, uh, that I sweat when I tell jokes. So uh... <laughs> <clears throat> You're a very pressured comedian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> so anyway, let's get back to what we're really here. We've yeah. got new mics, we've got a new location, new seats, uh, but the same old faces and and voices and opinions and views and gags. So uh, the uh, location might be different, but God, the 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 fun is still the same. All the fun. All we, the fun. we have all the fun. All here. the fun all the time. So all the fun that we've had today went into our next episode of Sabrina, which is episode seven, entitled "A River of Candy Corn Runs Through It." Now this was our second Halloween episode as well. So before we crack into it, boys, did you enjoy this one? Another uh, romp through Sabrina's Halloween life. I I did. It was it was entertaining. It was it was a standalone episode with. Only two locations, really, when you think about yeah. it. Yeah, one of those zany episodes that they do where they really play with sort of magical concepts, and those are always my favourite. So yeah, I, I did really like this episode. Yeah, so it's good. Like I said, we've uh, we've returned for Halloween. I assume, obviously, Halloween is their Christmas, as such. It's their yeah. sacred holy day. So I assume a Halloween episode, obviously, would be here for the remaining seasons of this show as well. So it's I hope so. So uh, did a nice progression from last Halloween, do you think? I preferred it to the last Halloween episode, which was a bit more sort of run of the mill. Um that was with the, the, the Run dub- of the Naked Mill. Run you of might the Naked say. Mill, yeah, with the that was with the double and the, the streaking and uh, James Dean, wasn't it? But but that that was also more of a more of your traditional holiday celebration where you're forced to spend time with family that you only ever see once a year. Yeah, and this was the wild side. This was the thank God one. Uh, we're not spending time with family. It's party central. So are we ready to get wild up in this podcast? Whoop, whoop. <laughs> I couldn't Indeed. say better myself. So the episode opens in the Spellman house, and a rather bare Spellman house at that, as all the living room furniture is gone, and the ladies are waiting for their new suite to arrive. I thought they'd been robbed. Yeah. <laughs> Did you? Thought it opened on a bit of a glum note there. Yeah, there was social realism yeah. up in this uh, witch sitcom. Yeah, um, it's one of those moments where there's no furniture. First thing, they've been robbed. Oh no, now we've got to go and get all the furniture back. <laughs> Halloween special. You know when people break into your house and steal the furniture? <laughs> That's happened to them. Um, oh, yeah, it's a Halloween prank. It is indeed. So, so only in the Sims do they uh, come in, <laughs> walk past the television and steal the sofa in a big bag that they can fit over the shoulder. <laughs> Joy and happiness is in the air too, because this Halloween, as we say, they are not visiting relatives, and instead they want to have a nice, quiet, delightful Halloween. Aww. Which is Halloween's I tend to celebrate, just... Um, I- Tend not to celebrate Halloween, so I guess by default my Halloweens are uh, very low key. Yeah, my mum and dad they um, they take the batteries out the doorbell, so it's it's quiet. (laughs) (laughs) So it's delightfully quiet for them. Amazing way, that is great. Yeah. Um, Anyway, suddenly their uh, their living room isn't bare for long because the new sofa and armchairs fall from the sky, complete boys with a three hundred year warranty. Now, quick question: Um, Did the furniture fall from the sky or was the living room thrown to the furniture? (laughs) Good question. Also, how did it not shatter the ceiling? That's very true. So it's not been in the house five minutes before Salem decides to piss all over it. Yes. Because he says, excuse me, ladies, I've got a lot of territory to mark. Um, 
a, a technical point is that uh, for this particular scene, they've installed the Salem puppet with uh, opposable arms. <laughs> they um, and they're massive. Salem is jacked for this uh, this one <laughs> yeah. scene where he's uh, marking his territory. He is, yeah. He is, yeah, yeah. Salem's been working out in between. Yeah. Uh, so I guess autumn into Halloween. Definitely. So yeah, yeah, nice little technical point there. Jacked, new arms, ready to rock and ready to piss all the over the place. He's back to his uh, he's back to his old skinny static arms when you next see him as well. Yeah, but, uh, it's a shame. Yeah. maybe we'll see those jacked arms. Maybe we'll see him lift things. Maybe that's how he answers the phone. Let's maybe, not go there. Maybe that's a way to <laughs> install let's, it. Let's maybe. not go there. You just make me angry. <laughs> Speaking of getting angry and not going there, uh, the titles are there, and obviously it's Halloween. So there's a Halloween witch. Serena's dressed as the witch. But she says the same joke for the third fucking time. Could they not, like, have, well, done a different one? Well, no. <laughs> yeah, just e- a even new if, even one. If she, even if she's still a witch. Yeah, that's what I mean. Just a different line. Different line. Uh, oh, uh, something along the lines of, I don't know, it's, uh, it's a witchy business. I don't care. Just something fucking different. <laughs> she could say it's a witchy business and be like... That doesn't make any sense. It's <laughs> but not it's funny. New. But at least it's you. Yeah, I mean, half the thing she says doesn't make any sense, so it sort of fits in. No, you because say that, though. We like facts, and she just say facts a few times, doesn't she? True, but we, they really don't take very long to come up with, is the point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would have personally still like... My still favourite one is that awkward science. Maybe we'll get to see that one again. The I wouldn't mind seeing that one pause. again. I, I, I'm going to go with they probably won't show that one again. <laughs> yeah. The amount of people that might have written in, it's like, dear points of view, on last week's Sabrina's episode, she just stood there silently, awkwardly, it was weird. Please never show that again. We're in school and Valerie's getting excited walking past every boy in the corridor. She wishes she could speak to them, but she's got no courage. Suddenly Libby, who obviously does, walks up to the crowd of lads and declares that she's having an awesome Halloween party, complete with no freaks. What else does she say? She's got a DJ? Yeah. Just cool things and... Well, this is She didn't thing. say a buffet. That would be the thing that would get me to a Halloween party. I was going to say, the things lacking there... Buffet, but she said no freaks. It's Halloween. It's the night of the freaks. Yeah, it, but the freaks come out that, at it's, night. It's yeah. not a it's not a Halloween party if you don't have freaks. I mean, what, what what's going to happen? Is everyone just going to dress up as Donald Draper from Mad Men? Everyone's going to dress up as James Dean and Jackie O. That was, that was yeah, someone last year. It was weird it? if people dressed as Don Draper when he, he wouldn't he wouldn't hit the air for another. Uh, <laughs> Ten years more. Um, I was making the point of a businessman. All right, and that was the only thing I could think of. He was either that or Richard Branson. Yeah. Well, he was he was around in uh, the nineties. So yes. uh, yeah. yeah, he was all around. Um, so and yeah, he's a, lot, he's a lot creepier than Don Draper as well. So, uh... <laughs> so Sabrina tells Val not to worry and walks to class. However, Valerie has other ideas and declares to the school that Sabrina is having an even better Halloween party just to best Libby. She instantly regrets that decision, however, when Harvey says that Sab's vowed never to host a party. So we cut to the cafeteria, where Harvey and the entire year are buzzing about Sabrina's surprise Halloween party. Sorry, when you say the entire year, can we just point out that it's the entire year of the school, however everyone is of varying different ages? Oh, oh, absolutely. We see a few people who are easily in their 30s. Yeah, this was like the biggest sort of... One of the biggest gatherings of um, like the student body that we've uh, seen. Probably since Flangate. Probably since yeah, probably since probably since probably since well, um, all the stock footage of the football game. Well, I mean that <laughs> well, is the biggest, <laughs> yes. But um, in terms of actual extras, 
uh, actual sort of actors that they gathered together on set to portray the students of Westbridge High. Mm-hmm. This is the most that we've seen, and they very clearly ran out of people who would pass f- even close to pass for teenagers after about three or four, and I'd say two, mate. Yeah, they they really. There's one particular guy, and he has a few lines. I don't know if the character has a name. He literally is just sort of... He's like the voice of the crowd, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this, this bloke, he is 32 if he's a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 32 if he's a day. And there's also another one, a, a lady who, who is a bit younger. You could just about perhaps say in, in, in American TV sort of... Uh, setting, maybe she's a teenager, um, who is really going for it with her... She's outraged. Her outraged oh expressions. Oh, days, the, the one in the background, the blonde hair. Yeah. Jeez Louise, what was her face? It was Gurn City. It absolutely she was. She was maximising her minutes, as they say <laughs> yeah. in wrestling. She might not be saying anything, but she clearly getting the same paycheck as Eric Estrada. Anyway, yeah. she's not saying anything. Well, this is... Right. Uh, I, I have studied this. I know these things, right? And it is sort of... An unspoken rule of an extra that if you are trying to make yourself a, a name for yourself in the business and you've got a lot of extras work, don't let your face be seen. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, it's constantly like, oh, look, there's that same guy. Oh, look, there's that same guy. Oh, look, there's that same guy. So what you want to try and do is keep your faces hidden and be lost in the crowd so that when you do eventually get yourself a proper acting career, no one's going, oh, yeah, he was an extra in Sabrina. Yeah, because, uh, like, I mean, we notice Cal Penn, but it's not like he's right in front of the camera gurning, yes. is it? No, that's what I mean. We yeah. notice Cal Penn, but you wouldn't. You know, you won't see Cal Penn in something and go, I remember seeing him for the first time <laughs> yeah. in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Whereas <laughs> yeah. if you were an average view of Sabrina, if you've rewatched several episodes, if that girl turned up in an actual role in a show, you'd be like, oh, it's the Gurning girl from Sabrina. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see if she's got an IMDb and if it said Gurning Girl 1, maybe there's another. Well, it will do now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pop it on. So yeah, everyone is outraged. The students are uh, up and immediately start crowding around Sabrina because she's having this awesome party that clearly everyone's got nothing better to do so they want to go obviously Val has to break the news to her that she's hosting a party and she says she'll have to ask her aunts because they'll probably say no but it's quite the contrary as Hilda and Zelda say that she absolutely can have a party a mortal Halloween party how quaint it's at this moment I realised that Hilda and Zelda don't know anything about mortal parenting. No, they don't, do If they? I went to my folks, uh, can I have a, a Halloween party, please? They would have gone, no. Well, especially if you said it in that voice. Well, yeah. It's, it's not no, your voice, Well, that, that's how I sounded a decade ago. <laughs> okay. Yeah, when, when, when you lived in Essex. Um, <laughs> yeah, obviously, it's it's a funny sort of running joke that they've, they've had across every episode, I think, so far, of just that... Witches are so superior to mortals, so everything that mortals have is just cute and adorable. They, isn't they it? either think we're adorable, which seems to be Hilda and Zelda's position, particularly Zelda, or they um, just regard us as a scum of the earth, like yeah. Vesta did. So, uh, I mean, yeah. it's an interesting point in um, in a couple of episodes' time. There is um, the main theme of the episode is about just mortals being seen as absolute scumbags by sort of scumbags of the witches. Yeah, um, society as well. So it's a very interesting, a definite superiority complex. There, it's yeah. probably the thing I like least about uh, witches that we've uh, that we've seen so far. That they did that they yeah they sort of regard us normies with a bit of uh, you know as uh, beneath them. Yeah, but Hilda and Zelda are the only ones that seem to 
sort of campaign for us, though. They're the ones yeah. that I... see us harmless and fun. Well, they, they allowed a mortal into their uh, family, of course, with of course, Ted marrying yeah. uh, Sabrina's mother. So, uh... so yes, Sabrina has been granted permission to host this party, which she's kind of excited about, but also kind of against, because obviously she doesn't live in a normal house with a normal family. So Sabrina pleads with her aunts to say that she can't have one, but they both recognise that it's an important moment for Sabs, her first party. Oh, Hilda says it would be great to bring people round, and they promise that no witchy stuff will happen. Bullshit. <laughs> He's calling it right there. In that house? <laughs> With a dungeon? Absolutely not. Which Maybe gets no mentioned again stuff. in this episode. Oh my days, <laughs> yeah. it's so exciting. <laughs> so there's no witchery, but there's possibly some butchery happening later on. Uh, we cut to Sabrina, who is busy decorating the house, and Salem, who is busy tucking into the Cheetos. Obviously, that's where he goes. We see the start whoa, whoa, whoa. of... Cheetos? How do you know the Cheetos? They could easily be Watsits. Could easily be Cheesy Poofs. Yeah, are they uh, Watsits retailed in uh, America? I think they're called Cheetos. Cheetos. Are they yeah. called Cheetos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had Cheetos here too, though. Did we? Yeah, they were separate things. Because they had the, the advert with Gary Lineker in a Cheetos suit. Oh, it, yeah. it was the Walkers thing. Was it, it, wait, she, I thought Watsits were Walkers. Watsits became walk. This is this. Is, <laughs> this is <laughs> Watsits. <laughs> You've started, so we'll finish. <laughs> What's it's became walkers after they purchased Golden Wonder? There we go. Um, <laughs> there we go. Welcome Wonder. to the podcast where we talk about Sabrina and the history of crisps. <laughs> anyway, so all that from Salem just eating some Cheetos. To our American viewer uh, listeners, sorry. To the rest of our listeners who probably don't go shit about crisps, also sorry. <laughs> to those that do care about crisps, why? <laughs> to those who care about crisps, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when, I, I, no, when yeah. are they going to talk about crisps? <laughs> it's the history of crisps. That's that's the that's interesting. That's fascinating. I had no idea about Golden Wonder and Crispery. <laughs> Suddenly the phone rings and it's Harvey with bad news. He has to take his little brother and friends trick or treating. They of course sprung this news on him as they only reminded him that he promised he would do it two weeks ago. To the be fair, flame in cheek. To be fair, this time, and this may be the only time, Harvey is not really being mistreated by his family. He clearly said, Yeah, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Now it's come round to uh, Halloween itself, he's made other plans and just plum forgot that he Absolutely agreed to do this forgot, other yeah. thing. Standard standard teenage behaviour, yeah. really. Mm. Oh, can you just go and do this? Yeah, fine. Comes to the thing that you need to do. Oh, don't forget you need to do that. Oh. And typical teenagers going, oh, it's their fault they reminded yeah. me that I yeah. agreed to it yeah. too late. Uh, I'm just going to go with uh, no no bastard points to uh, no, no King bas- of no, Termites. No. no, no bastard points to the King of Termites. Um, Libby is sort of a dick in this episode, but no different how she normally. She probably, probably gets one for saying no freaks. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. And okay. even then, that's a bit but that, That's her catchphrase. I don't think she should get it. And, uh, and uh, Willard Craft, we don't see. So, we don't know. He's uh, yeah. a ghost in this one. So Harvey can no longer come to Sabrina's party, which Sabrina is miffed about because he was the only boy who confirmed he was coming. Oh. Gutted. So Sebs is miffed, however, her sulking. He's the is... only boy who confirmed he was coming, but lots of men confirmed they were coming. Uh, <laughs> <they're all 30. laughs> so, yes, yeah, so is miffed, however, her sulking is interrupted by some chatter in the living room, which they mistake that she's left the TV on. Is that right? Yeah. If, if you hear talking voices you don't recognise from another room, it's probably the automatic thing to presume. Yeah, Either yeah. that or the burglars from Home Alone. Yes, all the burglars have come back to take your new sofas away. Yes, <laughs> they've broken in again. Little so turns... do they expect? Oh. The voices. Oh, 
coming from the furniture itself. <gasps> She's purchased, well not she, but Hilda and Zelda have purchased talking furniture, each with their own personalities and names apparently. Serena is in a mass panic considering her party guests will be arriving soon, so Zelda tries to zap them away. However, it doesn't work, boys, does it? Well, no. Do you remember why it doesn't work? Oh, because they put it on the credit card. They've not paid it off yet. Yeah. No, and they can't get rid of it, can they? No. no. Can paid I just say, I could, I could watch the the big sofa. I could watch that talk all day. <laughs> just, just, just the, just the visual of like something that big, like. <laughs> like a mouth like as wide as a person just going up and down is just it, I mean yeah let's talk about this just, I mean the, the, the furniture is so fantastic. the puppetry done. is incredible yeah I mean, like, it's, I guess, um, what, there'd be, it's hollow inside, there's people inside it moving things I around. We'll that, yeah. Yeah. It just yeah. looks yeah. awesome. And, and obviously on a remote control of some yeah, variety. Yeah, some yeah, doodads. Well. There's some doodads and springs and contraptions. There, there's doodads, springs and contraptions. That's how technical we're getting <laughs> on this week's podcast. <laughs> but we don't really care about how it works. We just love how it looks. And no, I think it's right, fantastic. Maybe, maybe it's better we don't know. It's probably more magical if we don't yeah. know. Yes. Yeah. This, this is the thing, right? Okay. I've got a, I've got a little bit of a qualm with the whole talking furniture thing. Right. Okay. Purely because I don't know how it works in the other realm. <laughs> okay. But over here, you know, in our world, you go to a furniture store, you have a look, find out what colour you want, t- test the seats out, you sit down, you find out if it's comfy, if it's for you, if there's lumbar support, you know, you do the whole nine yards, and then you pick a sofa, yeah? But what I'm saying is is that when you go and test furniture to find the right suite for you, surely they should have fi- figured out that it was talking furniture. It must have been a label <laughs> or something. Oh, this furniture talks. <laughs> you, know, you know, you get labels of Just 100% go. cotton, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Just mahogany. So, you just just round it. it sass. <laughs> Machine washable. Yeah, uh, fire retardant. Uh, all sorts of things. <laughs> there must have been a label going talking furniture or a section with yeah. a little board hanging over it. You know, in a supermarket, uh, rice, uh, beans, pasta, talking furniture. I, I love also- the layout of your other realm <laughs> supermarket. Your pasta and sofas. <laughs> Secondly. Talking furniture, presumably somebody must have put a spell on the furniture to give it sentience. No, 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 no. no. It's the materials in which it's made out of. Yes. That's why the label comes in 100% cotton, 100% talking furniture. I see. Because, well, Sam says, um, well, well, I think it's Sabrina anyway, says that um, are these people that have been turned into couches? Yes. Salem and- then says, no, where'd you get a stupid idea like that from? Which, Which is, is very funny. Okay. But so, so these aren't people who've turned into couches. These are couches that have been made, I guess, with magic materials. And Does that... Wait, no. If it is the magic materials, then is there like a magical loom where they come from? Yeah. Where they put thread mm. all the cotton together? I, or, or a magic sewing machine? Or a magic carpenter? I, even if a magic it is, sweatshirt? <laughs> even if it is the materials, the question still stands... Why? <laughs> Why have they bought this not knowing that it talks? Clearly, it was made... Even if the materials just have magic properties and making a sofa out and causes that sofa to then have life, mm-hmm. why would you make furniture that would talk? I've got... Who would it be for? Who I've would got, it appeal to? I've got an answer for this. What? Um, um, for 
21 to 35 year olds who live on their own, and the elderly, because they get the most lonely. And 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 also, actually, you're right because um, they do say that they are great for they are great for people. Yes, they do. Like yeah, that, don't they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair great for the, yeah, great so for the pensioners. So. Yeah. yeah. So it's for for pensioners who can't quite get out and miss general conversation. Yeah. Be awful if you fell out with yourself. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> what are you doing? You just spilled coffee on me again. He's just about to sit down he just keeps going, oh, keeps moving backwards. <laughs> <laughs> You'd never see it. Oh god. Which they is make... why I don't understand how they didn't realise it was talking because if it's talking furniture you need to strike up a conversation see if your personality is yeah, coincide. Exactly. Yeah. So how the fuck did they end up with talking furniture? Yeah, it would be it would be akin to adopting a child, wouldn't it? You yeah. really need to sort of get I to mean, know they the could furniture. Have, they could have bought the suite out of a catalogue, but that's fucking silly. In this day and age, we're all buying stuff on Amazon. You know how many things I've bought on Amazon that have arrived and are too small? For oh, you say they've arrived and have spoken to? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was a dodgy seller from like a catalogue or something, and they did not advertise the fact that Sophus talked. We've answered a few questions about the furniture, but still not the most important watch is how the fuck did they buy talking furniture? So Hilda and Zelda say that they're going to head to the furniture store to send them back, leaving Sabrina alone with some furniture she hardly knows, she says. She's not comfortable being left alone, which is too fucking true. They could say anything. Again, if they were there, if they were talking in the store before they bought it, be fine. Yeah, if they had a meet-up, oh, meet and to greet. Be honest, if Hilda and Zelda went to the realm and bought the furniture, Sabrina wouldn't know them, so it's going to be awkward. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, every other realm store is closed on Halloween, so it looks like drastic measures are in order. Back home, and the furniture is giving Sabrina some sassy comments, as we said, Kane's, uh, contains 100% sass, about the house, and the couch sneezes because it's allergic to cats. Finally, someone whose life is more pathetic than mine, Salem says. Best line of the episode. <laughs> Thank you, Salem. Oh, I actually need to uh, thank Salem uh, for something. Um, Over Christmas dinner, we had uh, a TV and film quiz at my folks. And um, one of the questions was, what is the name of Sabrina's cat in Sabrina's Teenage Witch? And me and my sister, both Salem, tied the point. However... It was his full name. Ah. Oh! <laughs> and I came out and just was like, Salem Saberhagen. And you just dropped the pen. I dropped the mic. <laughs> I just dropped the mic. It was it was the best feeling in the world. My sister looked at me as if to say, how the fuck do you know that? Did you say, listen to my podcast? <laughs> <laughs> listen to my podcast that I do. And, and you, you would know. have known. <laughs> but yeah, so thank you very much, um, Salem Saberhagen. The best things about Salem is when he kind of remembers that he's a cat. Yeah. And uh, but he's even as a cat, he acknowledges that he is a cat, but he's been able to get one up on a couch that's allergic which, to something that sits on it. Yeah, which is which is why it's it's one of those moments where it is that couch is more pathetic than Salem because let's face it, if it's talking furniture, it's going to be in an OAP's house. Therefore, there are bound to be at least 12 cats. Yeah, they're definitely on the marked down region of this furniture store, weren't they? So Hilda and Zelda return and deal the bad news. But as a temporary measure, they'll take them down to the basement. Sabrina suggests that they burn them, which causes all of the furniture to cry, Oh, the humanity! Which actually brings around a good point. It's sentient furniture. If you burn them... 
Is that murder? They will feel. They will feel they? pain, and that is for certain. Yeah, because I think it's more or less sort of if, if you can be allergic to something, then you can feel pain. Yeah. Which whoa whoa whoa! If you can be allergic to something and then you can feel pain, what happens is if a very very obese person sits on the furniture, would they feel crushed? May I would say that they don't feel pain if they're being used for what they're supposed to be used for. Yeah. Okay. Maybe if. Someone or something was put on there that was so heavy that the furniture buckled and collapsed. But if it could take their weight, I don't think it would hurt. Them. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. what you're saying is that the the furniture in itself is like, uh... oh, so the 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 frame of the furniture is like arms and legs and bone. Yes. <laughs> so it's fine. It's fine. There's a bit of pressure. We're all okay. But yeah. if you break that, it hurts like hell. I'd yes. say so. Yeah. So, because well they feel pain because as um, we get later on in the episode is as they're infested with other realm termites and they mm. they cry out in pain from that so they're being they're being eaten from the inside. Yeah, if your limbs are being gnawed away by termites, you won't be happy, Fuck would you? No, hell you yeah. yeah. And just being your bones being it's like we're sat here doing our podcast. Imagine just like sort of things eating and burying uh, burrowing in your bones. Oh my god! Oh, wow. Wow, yeah, oh, so I so, think they absolutely do feel things. So is it murder if yeah. you were to burn them? Shall we kill them, yeah? I guess, yeah. But, I mean, are they recognised as uh, sort of equal to humans under witch law? Probably not. So. Well, obviously, as long as they're not acknowledged as witches, because obviously, you know... But they are magical. The witches, yeah. they're, they're still magical beings? Yeah, but it's, it seems like things like that, uh, same with, like, doe people or anything like you can more or less do what you like to them, and it's okay in law. So that's probably how people like Hilda come to be. Yeah, like you yeah. know, there's probably a lot of living things that can feel pain and you know, sort of have sentience that you can torture, and it'd be totally fine in in the witching realm. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. But I think overall, we have agreed on that. Yes, they feel pain, and burning them would be murder. I think. Yeah. Um, also, Hilda mentions that they used to have a Viking trapped in their basement. Yes! Now, that, one, one of like about three, maybe four things I remember about Sabrina, that that is foreshadowing. Because in a later episode, it could even be way later, it could even be like season six or something. Hilda does bring back... A Viking, much like David Hasselhoff, um, <laughs> and he and, and, and he lives with them. It's probably just like a gag for the course of one episode, but mm. yeah, it's like a famous Viking, like Leif Erikson or somebody. Wow! Yeah. So uh, yeah, sort of a bit of foreshadowing, unintentional probably. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, we'll see, we'll see. Because um, speaking of as well, I don't want to ruin too much excitement, but um, Chris foreshadowed a moment in season one of an episode. There was a moment where you thought. That something happened in an episode and you couldn't remember, and I and we said, oh well, maybe we'll find out, and in one episode's time, well, we foreshadowing thought... comes true. Cool. Hopefully, they've got uh, an immobilizer handy. Yes, anyway. hopefully. Yeah. Well, yeah. naturally, you'd yeah. you'd expect you'd that to be comes like... with every sort of defrost Viking kit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> one Viking, one immobilizer. No, and no, a no. fucked on a dry ice. <laughs> No, it's it's one of those. You you have to opt in for the immobilizer. It doesn't come as a package. It's, it's, an, optional it's, an, yeah, it's an optional yeah. extra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's only ten ten bucks more. Is it not the one where yeah. sort of if you order now and we'll give you a free immobilizer? So, sometimes around the Christmas period, you yeah. know, they put put it on sale. But no, as a standard practice, you have to opt. I in. mean, I I I wouldn't 
even dream of defrosting a Viking if I didn't have an immobiliser on hand. I would have thought maybe the immobiliser came with like the first uh, issue of the Defrost a Viking magazine that costs a quid, <laughs> right. and then uh, to, to get the rest of the stuff to actually uh, to actually defrost it, you know, you have, you have to pay eleven pound a month or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, if any representatives from Hatchet are uh, listening, yeah, then uh, yeah, get on, get on it. <laughs> Sabrina shuts them up and helps carry one of the armchairs to the basement, but that's cut short when it starts screaming, and it's screaming because it's infested with termites. Sorry, it's infested with other realm termites. Dum dum dum! Which are little men uh, in miners' helmets, yeah. naturally, uh, gnawing away on wood. Yes, and it's incredibly painful. They start chattering, but I didn't really catch what they were saying. But they're uh, no. they're just nibbling and gnawing quite ferociously, and it's causing the armchair. A- tremendous amount of pain. Which, as we've clarified, if it is to go up to their bones, it bloody would, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and just, just to point out to all our listeners, during this episode, we had a bunch of tiny men dressed as miners, and they're all eating wood. Not once did we make a dick joke. Suddenly the doorbell goes and Sabrina has a meltdown, but luckily it's just Valerie, dressed as a giant duck. Obviously. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's Halloween. Yeah. What else would you come dressed as? You were quite shocked by it, Graham. You were... Um, yeah, because the actual... Especially before you know it's Valerie. And obviously, Valerie's harmless. She's lovely. But um, before you know it's Valerie, just, yeah, this giant duck costume with its big, terrifying head. When I was a kid, I really didn't like things in costumes. I think it's just a oh, uh, right. sort of residual childhood uh, fear sort of rearing its head. Yeah. Oh. Which... Brings the age-old question of, would you rather fight uh, one horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses? Hmm. If it's just still as stupid as a duck, even if it's bigger, I'd probably rather... I'd probably rather... Because horses are a lot smarter, you see. So, um, in terms of a fight, yeah, pro- probably rather, probably rather fight the, the big duck. The big duck. Yeah. So, Does... one, one, one horse-sized duck. Yeah. Does the horse-sized duck quack... But like a horse. No, it just quack. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not fucking lurch from the Adams family. So yeah, Valerie has come into the party dressed as a duck. She says she wanted to conveniently become the first one, opposed to being obviously the first one. Yeah, there. so it was like I'll come early to help out. So I'm not the first one here, so I have an excuse to be the first one. Basically, she's the first one there. Yeah, because everything's all done. So yeah. she is, she's rocked up far too early. Um, she starts chatting rubbish, and she hears from the other room, I don't want to die! And Serena says that that was just one of her aunts having a midlife crisis. Fair <laughs> yeah, enough. fair enough. This is the kind of story that they, they use to conceal the fact that they've got talking furniture. So when they hear voices from the other side of the room, Serena just tells Valerie that it's yeah either Hilda or Zelda just... Going through a rough patch. If they did decide to burn the furniture, and they heard, I'm burning, I'm burning, like, menopause. Um, <laughs> she, oh, she's, she's got a rash. She's, yeah. she's, the ointment just isn't working properly. Oh, God, guys, how do we... Oh, no. <laughs> uh, we cut to Harvey, who is having a teenage crisis of his own, having to supervise a dozen horrible children who continue to ransack a poor old lady's candy bag, and Harvey, for his troubles gets a slap to the dick. Not after trying to request to help uh, UNICEF. UNICEF, yeah. yeah. UNICEF, man. He goes out trick-or-treating and he still tries to be charitable and says, trick-or-treat for UNICEF? Yeah. And he just gets a handbag to the dick. Yeah. yeah. And he wasn't part of the mugging which the old lady just suffered at the hands of the feral children. Um, yeah, Harvey, Harvey suffers in this episode 
granted, he did agree to do this, so I guess he brought it upon himself. But well, no, he didn't bring it upon himself. He just he, he agreed was, to babysit. He, he was didn't... expected to do it, yeah, and agreed because he's a good lad. Yeah, but. These children are not good lads and lasses, and they are totally out of control. And Harvey, being the meek soul he is, um, you know, can't really get those little shits in line. So he, uh, yeah, yeah, he, has, he has a time of it in this episode. Yeah. Back in the living room, and the Spellman girls come up with a plan. To keep the termites at bay, they will feed them their old furniture. Uh, the doorbell goes, and Sabrina tells the upholstery losers that if they fuck this up for Sabrina, he'll cut them up, man. They then shiver and shriek. Salem. I mean, out of everyone in that household, if Salem says, I'm going to cut you up, fully believe him. <laughs> Regardless of whether it's his claw or... Yeah. yeah. The fact he's the only person in the house with claws means he can cut people up more readily than anyone <laughs> yes. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And make it look just hard, like... Yeah, I'm just being a cat. Yeah. Just being a cat. Just being a cat. Uh, just being a tinker. Even, no, even if Hilda says, I'm going to cut you up, man, I'd probably laugh first because I'd be like, not in the dungeon. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> But when Salem said it, I was like, no, yeah, fully believable. He's, yeah. He's, that's absolutely what he's going to do. Yeah. Don't want to die. No. Uh, the guests arrive and Valerie runs away upstairs because no one else is in fancy dress, let alone dressed as ridiculously as she is. Oh. <laughs> 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 Might have been a bit forced, but I've got to laugh for that one. <sighs> Sabrina says she should just get out of her costume, but unfortunately, she's sewn in. Bummer. What? I mean, the only other person I in, in this world that I know has been sewn into something is Olivia Newton-John in Greece when mm. she's in the when she's in the whole cat suit thing. Yeah, that duck suit. She doesn't need to be sewn into that. It's it, huge. Yeah, generally speaking, tight outfits are what you're sewn into. Yeah, not 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 giant duck costumes. Yeah, exactly. Not, not costumes that should have a zip or something. Or Velcro. I mean, how would, I how, mean... Would, how would she use the toilet? Exactly. Doesn't bear thinking about, but Valerie yeah. is just the most unfortunate person on earth. So if anyone was going to get sewn into a duck costume, it would be her. <laughs> we cut back to Harvey's terrible evening where he stops the brats from egging a house, reminding them that they trial juveniles as adults in this state. Mmm. So let's play a game. Which state are we in? <laughs> Massachusetts. Oh, cheers, man. Thank you. <laughs> um, Thanks for playing. Which state are we in? <laughs> Uh, his wisdom is just met with a series of assaults, like most things poor Harvey has to deal with. Eggs. Eggs. All, all over. Uh, egg on his face, literally, and, and everywhere, everywhere else. else. Yeah. Back at the party, and the guests are not having the greatest of times. Particularly Hilda, who has buggered up her candy corn recipe, and it just keeps pouring out of the cauldron. Also, Jim Neighbours. Yes. We've not talked about Jim Neighbours yet. Um, <laughs> I don't know much about Jim, or anything about Jim Neighbours. Well, I, th- I think he's just an old sort of, like crooner who uh, is just just very sort of just old person music but um yeah they uh, i think i think it's sort of like a play on like i guess maybe he's the sort of person who you might play a christmas album off but apparently he has a halloween album and that's what they ah oh, right play yeah. at halloween um so yeah they've so it's like bing crosby yeah like bing crosby and he's, bit... he's been to the house before serena says yeah he's even more recent because obviously he was alive when this episode was made um because yeah apparently he's been there before as we've seen many musicians appear and yeah uh so they put yeah just this this old old man crooning about halloween uh on the as the uh, party soundtrack which the uh, kids aren't too big a fan of uh so hilda has to revert to the recipe book under the chapter what to do if you make too much candy corn 
You can never have too much candy corn is the answer to her query. Oh, what a gag. (laughs) Valerie runs downstairs and declares that she's gone insane because she heard a doorbell go off from her linen closet. Hilda goes to check up on it because she says it's where she keeps her wind chimes and it's a bit drafty in there. Hey, man, I mean, come on. If there was ever going to be a response to why a doorbell's going off in a linen closet... Wind chimes. Wind chimes. Go and again, to every day. If anything, every it's probably day. the sounds of bones clattering that she hangs up in there. No, that's, yeah. in the, that's the doorbell in the dungeon. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. there's two, isn't there? Yeah. Um, so she goes to open up the uh, closet. This is Hilda. And, oh, darn, it's Halloween carolers who start singing that classic Halloween hit on the 12,000th day of Halloween, my true love gave to me 12,000 eyeballs, 11,999 ear of nude. I love this. I love the guy's <laughs> voices i love their extremely elaborate and very scary well in real in real life their masks and uh the mortal party goers think they're masks but from the comments it's they actually are just that's their faces beasts. Yeah. back downstairs and valerie tries to leave but sabs convinces her not to she tries to get her to dance and the doorbell goes again only this time it's the quiz master who once again at the most inconvenient time gives her a pop quiz she drags him to the kitchen and he orders her to make him a pumpkin which she does literally and he isn't impressed but it seems to satisfy him he's also wearing a bright orange shirt so kind of looks like a pumpkin to begin with <laughs> yeah. i wonder if they had him wear an orange shirt because there's another excellent transition of uh Alimi ballard into pumpkin yeah uh, and back uh, which is absolutely seamless and great and he also looks hilarious with his face on a pumpkin um but yeah i wonder if to make the pumpkin transition easier they had him wear orange maybe yeah so she's made the quiz master into a pumpkin and uh and obviously back again but he seems pretty satisfied he then goes to use the bathroom and the halloween carolers come downstairs to eat the candy corn in exchange of leaving as soon as possible valerie bursts in and tells sabs that her party is so boring that people are reading now that is a bad sign (laughs) teenagers reading how bored do they have to be to do that (laughs) well i was gonna say it depends what kind of party is it you know if it's if it's a book club then (laughs) (laughs) does that that qualify as a party it's a gathering of sorts yeah okay (laughs) A little bit of Enya on in the background. Music. People reading. She didn't even serve beverages. She didn't. She was a shit party. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry. She Um, even put... Didn't she put fresh, like, raw vegetables out as well on the uh, the spread? Well, you know... Because there was no buffets. We said that's what we'd want in a party. There was just a few nibbles, uh, chips, dips, and parsnips. I mean, at the end of the day, if if there's a buffet, a buffet contains volivants. No volivants. No buffet. The party's about to get started big time, though, isn't it? Yes, absolutely it is. Why? Are they bringing out the volibonds? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so Valerie tries to get people to dance. Without music, though, because the termites have started eating that old wooden stereo. As well as the floorboards, because Valerie falls through the floor. Which means she's in the dungeon! <laughs> she is! God, the thing she's probably seen. Yeah, we don't we don't actually see her down there, do we? We just hear her, hear her talking. But yeah. she's probably landed on the corpse of a Viking. Yeah. Zelda, um, Zelda says, like, are you okay? Quack once for yes, quack twice for no, quack three times if you've seen something you'd rather not. And, yeah. you know, and she... It's an, well, she thinks the tail that. feathers broke, broke her fall. But, uh, yeah. It wasn't. No. No. It's just all the scalps just on yeah. the floor. 
gross. Due to the major termite outbreak, though, the furniture begins screaming and moving around, as, as you would, causing the guests to shit themselves. That's met with some screams when the carolers rock up, and then the final nail in the coffin is the dining room doors bursting open to allow a river of candy corn to wash into it. And there's the link to the title. Yes. Yeah. The river of candy corn sort of starts running through into the living room. Everyone reckons all the Halloween stuff is fake but awesome, prompting Salem to chat to the party guests. Attention, kids. I urge you to accept me as your ruler. Yes, Salem. Power to the cat. And it's my uh, and that's a, a meme that we use, or a, a yes, gif that we yes. use a lot on our Twitter, so it's nice to see a scene, uh, the scene that that one's taken from. And uh, the... Guy at Asher. Asher. Yeah. Um, how many names did he have, Chris and Graham? Oh, was um, it? Was it? Um, was it? Like, I mean, most most people. Most people. I mean, they have middle names. So, like, usually, they don't use them, so they have they have two, don't they? They have two two, two, two names. Two, like, yeah, yeah, Gray yeah, and yeah. Riley. You know, yeah, like, two, two, two uh, a first name and a last name. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah, yeah. some some people like aristocrats, like Prince Albert von Tern und Taxis. He has like six names. Yeah, that's true. Um, You've got uh, artists out there who use one name. Like, Prince or yeah. Madonna, exactly. Um, but I mean, I mean, actors, young actors in the nineties, they yeah, young men, young men, especially you, or especially young men, would always do this thing where they'd have three fucking first names. Yes, and this guy is no exception. Because Phil, what's his name? His name is Scott Tyler Russell. Except not anymore. No, is is credited Scott Sveslowski? Sveslowski. Uh, Scott Sveslovsky. Yes. Apologies. Thank you, Chris. Jeez, man. (laughs) You've not even seen how it's spelled, but you know how to say it. I know how to say it. (laughs) Apologies to any uh, Polish, Russian, wherever that name comes from. Ukrainian. uh, Ukrainian listeners. Um, But it appears as if, uh, possibly, uh, Mr. Sveslovsky in the 90s was like, I'm a handsome young actor. I need three names. <laughs> yeah. And so, Scott Tyler Russell. <laughs> and there we go. And that's that's how the legend was born. And, and it is this week's... That's So 90s. Obviously, we've, cut, we've touched on the three-name thing before, um, but... Uh, Scott Tyler Russell. I can't, you can't get more three first names than that. That is the prototypical 90s heartthrob actor name, and it is one of the most peculiar sort of quirks of the 90s and TV acting, and particularly uh, teen shows. So I think it definitely deserves the That's So 90s treatment. Absolutely. I mean, like, when you think from 2000, I can't, I mean, I can't cast my mind back to think of every actor, young teenage actor, but it's, it's difficult to pick out any. Yeah, I mean, last, also, last time this came up, we completely failed to name any of them because we went uh, <laughs> Chad Michael Murray and uh, uh, James Vanderbeek, which is two names. <laughs> um, so uh, let's add to that uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Yes. Yeah. Um, Sean William Scott. Yeah. Uh, Jason David Frank. Jason yeah. David Frank. Um, and then there, there, there were even some. Obviously, uh, Melissa Joan Hart. Melissa Joan Hart. Yeah, there were some female ones. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Um, Evan Rachel Wood. You know, Freddie Prince Jr. Well, so, does Jr. count? Yeah, yeah. it does now. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, so there we go. Is uh, the our Scott Tyler Russell, um, another fantastically American three name, been brought into uh, our lives here in Sabrina. So, thank you very much. And Asher, well, Scott Tyler Russell, is our That's So 90s this week. So, yeah, so Asher says, says to Salem, he goes, like, Say my name, Asher. Asher, of course, they all fall down. Loser, loser. Absolutely, and he goes, 
Great party, Sabrina. And that's it. Uh, party's a hit. Yeah, basically, Asher gets abused and it's a great party. So. Yeah, he, looks, he, looks yeah, he gets day. abused. Great party. Candy corn, great party. Someone nearly died falling into the dungeon. Great party. What I really like about this is that, obviously, because there's... Other than when things are turning from one thing into another, there's not really much CGI. There's not certainly not an entirely computer-animated character or object in Sabrina. All this stuff is real, so you can sort of buy that the kids might be like... Also, because the other explanation, she's a witch, isn't really... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not your go-to, is it? It isn't an explanation, <laughs> basically, <laughs> if, if, you don't, if you don't know witches to be and magic to be a thing. Yeah, it's like, oh, oh my days, I have no idea how Darren Brown did that. Oh, he's a witch. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, um, so yeah, you can believe, like, oh, so, yeah, they did rig up uh, a load of candy corn to throw into the room, and these guys are just wearing really cool costumes, because they are in real life. They're yeah. just actors in costumes. Apart from if they go, let's find out who's underneath that mask. <laughs> let's find ah! out who's under door number one. <laughs> and it's just, there we go. That's my pull- real face. <laughs> Get off my face. Yeah, that they've, that they've rigged up furniture to talk with some sort of puppetry, because, again, that's what they really are, and they've got an a animatronic cat, because that's what he really is. Yeah. So yeah, it's cool. It's cool, isn't it? And yeah, it's nice. Sabrina feels a bit more relaxed in a witchy environment because that's what she's she struggles with. It's great being a witch, but she can't enjoy it too much. So what we're saying is, if you are a witch out there, you may be, you may not be. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Anyway, one day a year upon Halloween, are you allowed to get away with witchy things in front of mortals because they all just think that it's a trick? Yes. Exactly. It's the art of witchy business, Chris, isn't yes, it? Yes, that is witchy business at its best. <laughs> well, what's the point if you do it too often, people are like, oh my god, maybe maybe, maybe he or she is a witch. Whereas mm-hmm. if you just do it one night of the year, um, then uh, they won't suspect anything like, oh, he or she is just really good at Halloween uh, pranks. Yes. Um, mm. And, you know, when better to play pranks than mischief night. Yes. So, Phil, this party is almost perfect, but you know what I think it's missing? You know what really caps off a party for me? What? What's that? Folk pop. <laughs> yes! <laughs> and folk pop comes in full swing as uh, the uh, we're joined by 10,000 maniacs. No. Not literally, guys. <laughs> oh, 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 no. no Can you imagine oh. if 10,000 maniacs came through the door, one of them being the Viking that was locked in the basement for centuries? If you'd like to see 10,000 actual maniacs, go to a Millwall match. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> That's so regional. <laughs> uh, but, um, yes, uh, 10,000 maniacs, a uh, popular folk group uh, from the late 80s, early 90s. Um, had just reformed uh, here in 1997 and um, they only did that 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 was it <laughs> and a, a very similar group both in their I think musical style and their era to the Violent Femmes a bit too early for teenagers to yeah, really care absolutely. that much about them which again which explains why that bloke I think, was it Asher again or was it that random guy no turn, Asher was was it Asher and turns around literally to the camera and goes oh my god it's the 10,000 maniacs and Libby comes in later and goes oh my god is that the 10,000 maniacs it's like yes if you have is. to mention it twice then you know but again it's probably the music taste of the writing staff mm-hmm. yeah. who uh, That's assume true. were mostly in their 30s and 40s coming through as it was with the Violent Femmes. I mean, where, where, when the doors opened and I just saw that there was going to be a band, my first reaction was, oh, Jesus Christ, it's not the Backstreet Boys, is it? Yeah, yeah well, that, that would be a coup in 97 if it was the Backstreet Boys, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Tell me what would have been awesome. I was hoping for the doors to open and it was the Carolers 
but more of them, but in a band, I think would have been oh, awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah be, that would have been a better thing, wouldn't it? Be like the Cantina band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would have been awesome. That would have been uh, Yeah, folk pop at its finest here in... Uh, yeah. In uh, Sabrina's, there's actually house. only five of them, and they're quite mild mannered. So yes, mi- yeah. misleading name, but they they make the party. They do, and they play their their first track off their album that was released that year as well, Rainy Day. Oh. Yeah, they they play it for at least two minutes. <laughs> yeah, basically the end of this episode is just is that is song. that song just to, just to plug these guys have an album out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, oh, and we've got to mention as well. Just before the Ten Thousand Maniacs uh, sort of start, uh, we see Harvey. He's arrived at the party, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. wrapped in sort of like an emergency blanket, like with, with a cup of cocoa. Yeah, and been traumatized, hasn't yeah. he? Because uh, he's just had a, an awful evening out. Have with you his ever brother. been egged? No. I can't say that I have. I have. Ooh, it was a drive-by egging. <laughs> I was on my way back from having my hair cut in, you know, my 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 nice my nice little, uh, you know, sort of suburban uh, corner of uh, corner of Warrington. Not really expecting any any uh, delinquency to occur, but yeah, egg. Fortunately, not on my face, but square in my chest. Ooh, you know, came blimey. home with a very smelly shirt, which I had to change. Uh, yeah, not not nice. No, I've been egged. I've been appled. I was just walking down the road. This was only last year. Someone from the park across the road threw an apple and it hit me right on the calf. Ooh. Ooh. Someone's tried to do that to me with apple and missed, thankfully. I've like had like a car goes past all of a sudden an apple at like phenomenal speed just lands at your feet. I've had that. I, I had, um, I don't know what they're called, yum-yums, I think? Like those donuts. <laughs> a long donut. Yeah, a long donut. Hey, that's soft as shit. I, I've had one of those thrown at me. I'm just saying. You know. okay, I'll, I'll take them thrown at me any day of the week over a fucking apple. I mean, come on. Right, at the end of the day. Especially but... if it lands in my mouth, they're delicious. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, but, uh... but no, I, I've had other things thrown at me. A golf ball, cricket ball. Compliments. Bullshit to that, mate. No one ever compliments me. I've got my hair cut. Neither one of you said it's nice. Well, you came into my house and dissed it and said that uh, I Yeah, should, if, you, if uh, you stopped insulting other people, maybe people would compliment you. Do you ever think of that? No. <laughs> be nice and others will be nice to you. Do I don't, to but do I have to be nice to you too? I mean, you're... No, but we don't have to be nice to you. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, Harvey, uh, he's been uh, he's been egged and he's having an awful time. So he's wrapped up. He's having some cocoa, listening to uh, the Ten Thousand Maniacs. Uh, whilst they're playing, uh, the quizmaster makes a confession. He says that he wasn't really there to give her a quiz. It's just because his family live right on the other side of the other realm, giving us a bit of scope of how, how big this realm is. And he gets lonely at this time of year, not being able to see his family, and he just wanted to be in familiar territory. Yeah, which is a nice thought. But Phil, we've we've been to the other realm a handful of times now, at oh, least, yeah. and um, I have never seen them have to travel an inordinate amount. They kind of go just where they need to go, don't yeah, they? That's what I mean. It's like boom, there. You ask the fella in the index, don't you? Yeah, and exactly. And then you go up a tube, and you're there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like boom. You're I there. think, I oh, think that, it's that, just... sorry, that, sorry, that's in only the spell book. Is oh yeah, yeah that's the, the spell book. Yeah, but yeah, nonetheless, yeah. the the realm does seem to be somewhere where you can whiz between places quite. Oh quickly. wait, same that we though. did have the time difference when they went skiing. Ah, that's true. And that's um, Mars. Oh yeah, that was Mars though. And uh, Sabrina's cousin travelled on other realm airways, didn't she? Oh, she did. Uh, so yeah, there must be distances to travel. The other realm, as it just floats in space, could be the size of the entire universe. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so we don't yeah. know. But it's it's a it's a difficult time because he can't see his family. This time he's very busy yeah. and he's got to work. So he he wants to spend a bit of time in familiar 
company. No. And what better than Sabrina? She's full of sass and she's she's a fun chick to and hang she, around she, with. She thinks, it's, she thinks it's quite sweet. That yeah. He, uh, yeah. He's, uh, he's Ultimately, it is. And uh, to top it all off, he says he's going to go and dance with the duck. And the, the remainder of the episode plays out with the 10,000 Maniacs. And we think it's over. But no, the credits come in and the 10,000 Maniacs are still... Still playing. Still playing. <laughs> they reform that. even in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> playing that seminal 1997 hit, Rainy Day. So there we go. That is our second Halloween episode of our podcast so far. Yeah, totally spooky. How did we? How did we find it? Did we enjoy it more? Talking about it, did we? Can we reflect on it more fondly than last year's Halloween? Um, as as I said um, from the from the kickoff, I think um, I think it is the better of the two Halloween episodes. It's got more just. I mean, they don't like the whole like double sort of um, you know clone thing in the, in the uh, previous. Well, it was kind of funny, but it's it's very generic, Chris. It's it was a storyline, was... I guess. It's generic, but it had to be done just because it's. It had to be done, but this this one was witchier, and this one was mm. was, was spookier. You know, talking furniture, great. As I say, I I could watch that sofa talk all day. He doesn't. <laughs> there doesn't even actually need to be any words coming out of his mouth. I just I could just watch the giant sofa go ba 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 ba. You are aware that's probably what it was like on set. Yes, it was. <laughs> um, and I wish I was there. <laughs> I wish I was there. I, I wish I could have that prop. Um, and I, I love I love the uh, car- the carolers um, those ga- those guys and their amazing costumes. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I thought I thought it was I thought it was quite fun. The only thing that I didn't like too much was how Harvey was sort of removed from the uh, the situation. I, 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 w- I want to see Harvey's reactions to things are often some of the funniest things in the show. I would like to see how he would have reacted. Uh, Properly, if he was there the whole time, to uh, the to Valerie as a duck, oh, yeah. and to the to the carolers and to the talking furniture. Yeah, because he sort of just rocks up late while all that stuff's already going on, and he, he just walks in and he's missed everything. It. He's hasn't missed he? it. Yeah, and you know, but the the, the sofas are still talking, and, and and it's just one of those things. But because no one else is reacting to it, he's like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, cool. But you know, I very much enjoyed the couches, and uh, yeah, as you say, it's. Again, with the, with this season, it's a bit sillier. It's faster paced, and it's just. Oh, speaking of which, um, we mentioned that Nell Scoville ceased to be involved in the show as the showrunner after season one. What we haven't um, said is who took over. No. Um, and who we have to thank, probably mostly for this sort of fast paced, sort of you know, gag driven uh, second season, which we've been enjoying. Although I know opinion among fans is divided um, on it. Uh, Carrie Honigbloom and Renee Phillips, who were two writers from season one, and I'm sure they write plenty of episodes in season two, along with running the show, but they're now credited as executive producers, so I guess they're sort of filling the yeah. show running role instead of now. So, uh, yeah, an extremely creative episode in an extremely creative season. But what do we know? Me and Graham, we can't voice opinions because it's the, the rubbish. It's up to Christopher. He is our rank master. He's the one, he's, he's the knowledgeable one amongst us. He knows what he's going to rate these episodes as, and me and Graham simply decide whether we agree with him but Christopher episode 7 of season 2 A River of Candy Corn runs through it what do you give this episode? I I'm going to go against the grain here Ooh. I'm going to have to say 5.5 talking furniture sitting on my face 
<laughs> Why is the furniture sitting <laughs> on your face? I fucked it up. <laughs> nope, keep it, keep it. <laughs> I fucked it up. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> yep, that stayed in there. So, um, so, Chris, so Chris scores this episode, episode seven, season two, a river candy corn runs through. It's five point five furniture sitting on his own face. <laughs> um, uh, Graham, I can't believe I fucked that line up. Do you, do you agree with the score, not the furniture sitting uh, on, on said face? Uh, I'd, I'd say it was. I'd say it was a little better than that. I'd uh, just mark it a full point higher, six point five. Uh, pieces of furniture sitting on Chris's face (laughs) (laughs) and I'm going to be awkward and go in between you I'm going to say six I'm going to say six pieces of furniture sitting all over Chris's face Uh, so there we go yeah a pretty average episode not laugh out loud but very very creative extremely and and the couches I think is the highlight for us all Uh, would you like to know what episode eight is all about gentlemen I'm afraid you're going to tell us anyway. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah think it's, that's it's sort of part going of the deal. I'm afraid it's part of the package. So, episode eight of season two is called Ina Gada Sabrina. What? Ina Gada Sabrina. Ina Gada. Ina Gada. Sabrina. Yes. Ina Gada. Yeah. Ina Gada. I double N A G A double D A. Sabrina. Like um, Osmosis Jones sort of thing. We go inside Sabrina's body to find a something or other issue, magical issue in her intestines. I don't know. Like I, episode I, of the Magic School Bus where they go inside Arnold. <laughs> yes, that one. Oh, I don't want to Same universe. <laughs> yeah. um, Graham, you seem to think you know what this episode's about. What do you think? In a Gada La Vida is a psychedelic rock song from the 1960s. It's probably best known to younger people from that episode of The Simpsons where Bart tricks them into singing it as a hymn, you know, in the Garden of Eden, oh, baby. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, uh, so yeah, it's a it's a song from the sixties. They time travel back to the sixties. I'm guessing. So time travel to the to the sixties when um, Nick Mackay and Frank Conniff and everybody else was young, <laughs> so they can make loads of references. <laughs> I yeah. say, yeah, grows pretty much about Sonia. In a gather Sabrina, uh, Sabrina makes a time ball that transports everyone to the nineteen sixties. However, Salem eats it, and they become trapped in the past. Oh, I think they get trapped in Salem. Yeah, no, um, been, yeah, no, what you don't know. So they make a time ball, and then they can't find it because Salem, Salem, the fat get has eaten it. Mm. So, uh, so wait, hang on a sec. So Salem was still a cat in the sixties. No, 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 in the in the, in the present, present day, he eats the ball oh. while they're in, in it in the sixties. So they can't get out because yep. he's that old. So the time ball, you transfer yourself into the time ball. You make a time ball. A time ball is something she makes. She make a time ball. And with this time ball... Shall we just wait it. until the next episode? Yes, let's like not well, confuse Christopher. Yes, however, Salem eats the time ball. It's the only way they can get out to come out of Salem's arsehole. <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe. Will we see this legendary <laughs> animatronic anus? Uh, join us next week to find out. So that is Ina Gada Sabrina. It's episode eight of season two, which is next week's one. I'd like to thank you for listening to this one. My name has been Phil. Thank you very much. I'd like to thank uh, my comrade to the right and slightly in front of me is Mr. Chris Evans. Thank you very much, Chris. Thank you very much, Philip Dean. And I'd like to thank uh, my friend to the left and to the front of me, Mr. Graham Riley. You're welcome. Sabrina the Teenage Watch is available in many different formats, so whether you're listening to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio or iTunes, please leave us a comment or a review. Your support means we get more listeners. 
and it means our hard work is not going to waste. And we can look at ourselves in the mirror. If you want to contact us or keep up to date with our episodes, you can follow us on Twitter at Sabrina Watch. And you can find us on Facebook. Just search for Sabrina the Teenage Watch and there we shall be. And thank you to you for listening wherever you are. And remember, may every little thing you do be be magic. magic.